it's time to expand online. Hi, I'm Jamie Sletsky, and this is the podcast where we break down the tech and strategies that successful hands-on entrepreneurs just like you use to translate their services into online products. There is no fluff. There is no overwhelm. There is no shame. Let's get to it. It's time for you to expand online. Welcome to the Expand Online Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky, and this is episode number 233. It is the middle of July, and it's actually a little bit past the middle of July, and I cannot believe it. This is the time of year where it's really important to put together new systems and processes for the upcoming school year or academic season or whatever you want to call it. And so today on the podcast, I am sharing some tips and strategies for onboarding and offboarding your online students. These students could be taking real-time lessons with you. They could be in a course. They could be coming through some of your workshops or masterclasses or be part of your membership. Any kind of online relationship with students, you're going to want to make sure that you have an onboarding and an offboarding. So we're going to get into all of that. I would love your feedback on this episode. So if you haven't yet left a rating and review on the podcast in your favorite podcast player, if you can head over there and share your thoughts on this particular episode, share what you think of episode number 233. I can't wait to see what you have to say. And I know that the other music teachers who are looking for a new podcast to listen to will absolutely appreciate that. In addition, you are always welcome to go to callwithjamie.com and book a time to chat with me about whatever is going on. Let's get into onboarding and offboarding your online students. If you have been following me for any length of time, you'll know that I always recommend some kind of welcome sequence that has triggered off a purchase. So if someone is signing up for your course, there needs to be a welcome sequence. If someone signs up for your lessons for the first time, we want to have a welcome sequence. If they sign up for a workshop, a welcome sequence. If they sign up for your membership, a welcome sequence. And so this welcome sequence is part of that onboarding. There is more to it though. Inside of this welcome sequence, we want to help them understand the culture and the access points and all of the other nitty gritty details that you would normally share over the phone or in the first lesson. We want to put all of that into email that is easy for people to follow. We also want there to be reinforcement because it's not always the case that people are going to read your emails. I don't know about you, but I have a lot of emails that are sitting in my personal inbox that are waiting to be read. I'm pretty caught up on my business ones, but my personal inbox, oh, that's a mess. And I'm sure the same goes for your students. So we want to send them a sequence of emails. The first one comes right after the payment. And then the subsequent emails come every day or every two days, depending on what cadence makes sense for your studio. I said that there's more to it than just these emails. 
If you need students to purchase anything additional in order to participate in your lessons or your course or whatever you are offering, be sure to include that in not just one of the emails, but include it in pretty much every email because we want to make sure that they really do get it and are going to show up to that first lesson or to the first day of the course or to the first day of the workshop ready for action, ready to learn. So that is our email side. In addition to that, you may decide you want to have an onboarding call, an onboarding phone call or a Zoom call or a call on Musi. It doesn't really matter where you have this call, but if you choose to have an onboarding call, then be sure to have a list of things that you want to go over with that student so that you are running this call. And it's not them asking you a million questions. We want to make sure that this call is really tangible. And again, it's going to probably reinforce a lot of what goes into that email. Do it anyway. If that's the philosophy that you want to take, do the call even though it's redundant with the emails. Eventually, I think that a lot of people are going to be able to do away with these calls, especially for courses and memberships and workshops and things like that. You may still want to be doing them for private lessons or group lessons. The last thing that we want to make sure that we cover is access. Access to you, access to the lessons or course or membership or whatever it might be, access to any additional or supplementary information or um, resources, and an understanding of the flow. So when I say the access, this is for either live or pre-recorded content or the hybrid, obviously. Every student is going to be clicking some link somewhere to access the session with you or the content. And that is most likely gated with an email and password or a username and password. We wanna make sure that everybody gets access to whatever portal it is right away, that they test it out, that they try it out, that they reply back to you and let you know that they were successfully able to log in and do something. You may also have a folder on a Google Drive or in Dropbox or somewhere that has additional resources for your students, making sure that they get that link, that they access it, and that they report back to you that they did get access. This is all important because we want to make sure that your student is super excited and has access to everything that they are going to need. Now, the last thing that we want to make sure that we're doing in this onboarding is helping the student understand their access to you. In an offline setting, students pretty much know that they're going to meet with you once a week and that's that. And they don't have any interaction with you outside of lessons. That's different online. You may run a Slack channel or you may give Voxer access. You might have a community or a Facebook group. You might allow your students to access you and to communicate with you via text, via email, via DM, via who knows what. We don't want to give our students unlimited access to us. So narrowing down the ways that they can communicate with you is super important in this onboarding. Email is going to be one of the ways that they can communicate with you. 
always and forever because we are using email for outbound messaging. So it's really important to use that also for incoming messaging. The rest of it is truly up to you. Let's switch to the other side of the student experience, which is the offboarding. When the course is finished or when they decide they no longer want to take lessons or maybe it's the end of the semester or it's a workshop and they have access for X amount of time and then it's done. By having an offboarding process, we make sure to close the loop and wrap up the experience in a really positive way. So again, it's probably going to be some kind of offboarding sequence, email sequence. This might start a week or two before the end of lessons or before the end of the session. With a course or a workshop, generally speaking, I recommend you let your students have access to the material for a certain amount of time after the end of instruction. And so this might happen maybe a week before that access terminates. Inside this email sequence, we're going to be thanking them, praising them for all their progress, asking for a testimonial, having an experience that helps them wrap things up. It is also going to clearly list out what they are losing access to and what to do if they want to retain access for longer. That is something that you are going to have to decide for yourself exactly what you want that to look like. But if students want to retain access to your content for longer, charge them for it. Provide them with some kind of access if that makes sense. It's up to you. It's always up to you because this is your business, your studio, your students. You can do things any way you want. In addition to that offboarding sequence, We also want to make sure that we clean things up, make sure that all of the payments are done in full, which I'm pretty sure you will have already taken care of. Make sure that any resources or any videos or any recordings that we want to provide them from the lessons, that they have those, that they have downloaded them. Make sure that you clean up their access. This one's a really tricky one. I see it all the time where people, they finish up the course with their student, but they don't actually end that student's access. They say it's done, but if that student were to go ahead and log back in, they would still have access to things. So cleaning things up is really good. And the last thing to say about both onboarding and offboarding is inside of ConvertKit or whatever email marketing system you have, make sure that you have your clients tagged appropriately. Make sure that you know inside your email marketing system who is a student and who is an expired student because that may help you with segmenting down the road. This is just one of those internal tasks that if you set it once, you never have to think about it but that data is going to be there when you want to use it. As I said at the top of the episode, this is a great time to create new onboarding and offboarding policies, procedures, systems, because you are kind of at the point right now where there is turnover and there are new things coming. Take a little bit of time and map out the beginning and end of your student's journey. It is going to make next school year flow that much smoother. 
Okay, that's all I have for you today. Next week, I have a really great interview for you. So if you haven't subscribed or followed the podcast yet, be sure to do that. And that interview will drop directly into your podcast player. Have a fantastic rest of your day. And I will be back with that interview next week.